Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week, we'll take an updated look at the world of travel agents or travel advisors, travelers, and airlines. I'll speak with Zane Kirby, the president and CEO of the American Society of Travel Advisors. Unprecedented travel demand and how some airlines may be trying to squeeze out travel advisors, not to mention you. Then, we'll speak to Jackie Friedman, president of Nexion Travel Group, on the continuing need for customer advocacy. And then, Eben Peck on how consolidation within the airline industry has led to a surge in prices and what we can do about it. First up, Zane Kirby. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects. But there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. 
Zane Kirby, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks, Peter, for having me. It's good to see you again. Uh, as Charles Dickens says, we live in interesting times. Um, and a lot of people are saying that, not just Charles Dickens, plus he's dead. Uh, but the bottom line is, the good news is, if everybody's wondering whether travel was back, the numbers are now exceeding 2019 levels, and we'll consistently do that based on the projections that we're looking at. So that's good news. People are back traveling, so there's, there's, there's confidence about that, and there's, you know, and there's continuing sustained demand. But the tough part is, can the system support it? Yeah, I mean, we're going to see. We had, we certainly had a, a, a very challenging summer last year, uh, between all the flight cancellations and and the hiccups with, with uh, the, you know, the various uh, technology players that that sort of build and and bring these systems that to, to all work together. Um, to your point, the, the great point is is that travel is back. People are traveling more than ever. I think 70% of people have a trip planned between now and the end of the year. And in particular, business travel has roared back in the last several months. Now, I think, it's the, only really that, I think the only thing that hasn't come back for business travel is intra-company travel. Meaning, if I'm in the parts department of IBM and I want to see the sales department, we'll still do that as a Zoom call. But if I'm in the sales department and I want to go see my customers, I'm going. Yeah, there's so much collaboration that happens uh, between customers and and suppliers, and so I think I think you're exactly right. Some of that business, that intra company uh, business travel, is, is has certainly you know gone away or, or been replaced with with Zoom and other other technology tools. But you're right, the vast majority of, of business travel is is back in great great numbers. Um, the, the the one thing I'd say about about that though is is we really did, it is incumbent upon the regulators in Washington and the airlines to have a responsible uh, summertime, and that what I mean by that is that that they match supply and demand, and that they match that they they put out realistic uh, schedules for people who are, for, for, you know, so that we don't have like a, a similar to a similar summer to the one we had last year, which honestly caused an enormous amount of pain and enormous amount of loss, of, uh, you know, uh, money and time lost last summer. Well, you know, you mentioned schedules. I just landed here in San Juan yesterday uh, on a Delta flight that came from New York. It's a max. 737 MAX, 180 passengers, completely full. No surprise to you, airplanes are full these days. But here's what I did. From the moment the plane got to the gate and they shut the engines, and the minute I saw the jetway attached to the plane and the door open, I started my, my stopwatch on my phone. I wanted to figure out how long it was just going to take me to get off that plane, right? Mm. Now, I was sitting uh, about nine rows back, okay? Uh, forget an upgrade. I mean, these things aren't happening these days. So I'm in, I'm in row nine. How long did it take me to get off the plane? You ready? Mm. 23 minutes. From row nine. From row nine. So imagine wow. the guys in row 31. Yeah. How can the airlines justify, in the most ridiculous, commonsensical way, publishing a schedule that they do all around the country with 33-minute connect times? That's not Even before the pandemic, that was not only ludicrous, it was suicidal. If you can't get off the plane in at least 23 minutes, you'll never make your connection. And if every plane is full, you'll never miss the next one. You'll never make the next one, even if they want to put you on. So there's, there's your, you know, perfect storm about to happen. Well, and if you add to that the sort of the constraints that they're having in finding, uh, you know, pilots and cabin crew, and then whether my, my plane yesterday was delayed by over an hour just because of a weather delay that 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 that, that gummed up the schedule for all the airlines. They had to reroute us through through a completely different route to come down here. So I, I hear you. This is it's it's you know aiming to to bring about a perfect storm. 
You know, when you but look it's at putting, but it's putting travel agents at, 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 behind the eight ball because now they have to recover when they can't. Meaning, if there's no space, there's no space. Yeah, the the way the reason that it, it but it underscores the reason for people to turn to travel advisors, which is what our our research has shown, Peter, is that that it's up fourteen fifteen percent year over year in terms of people saying, "Hey, you know what? This is this is not only confusing and it's not only challenging, and and I'm not sh- quite sure if I am going to make the connection. Let me talk to someone who who actually knows the system really well and is going to make sure that you know I'm not stuck somewhere you know looking for a connection." But Jane, that- you know what else it is? It goes back to. And I tell people that I use a travel agent, they go, they're still travel agents? What are you talking about? They're back bigger than ever. And the reason why you guys are back bigger than ever, I would guess, it goes back to the pandemic. Because during the pandemic, your, your agents worked tirelessly to get people refunds, to be their advocates when they had nobody else to turn to. And they proved their worth. How many people listening to this show made your reservations online and had no one to talk to? Answer, all of you. And, and I'm, look, I'm not here being a shill for, for Asta. I'm saying you need that conversation. And if the conversation's not there, you're a victim waiting to happen. And so the travel agents proved their worth during the pandemic. And back, in fact, people are using them more, more than ever now, but not just for the actual purchase of the ticket. That's a transactional thing. It's to ask questions that the internet can't answer. Right. I mean, can my kids stay free? Can they eat free? Will you throw in that, you know, will you throw in the Wi-Fi? Will you not charge me nine dollars for that bottle of water? Uh, You know, where can I go for dinner? I mean, what what relationships do you have that go beyond maybe what the hotel concierge might have? And by the way, not every hotel concierge is actually a concierge. I mean, there's concierges who are clay door and then there are concierges to whom they give a hat and they wear a hat and and all they have is a brochure they can give you. but the real, the real interesting thing here is we need advocates now. I mean, more than ever. I mean, I like to look at myself as one because I know the rules. But, but I mean, I'm not selling travel. You guys are. But you have to go beyond the transaction. It's, it's, it's so right. It's imperative that people pay for expertise and things that they don't know about. Now, my travel advisor, she waited up till midnight the other night to, because she knew that, that that's when the seats, that the upgraded seats were going to be eligible for upgrade. And so yeah, while I slept, she got me an upgrade and got me on an earlier flight home. So now, basically, what you tell me, me, are yeah. you telling me the motto of Asta is sleep while you upgrade? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I'm telling you that travel advisors are there to care for you. It's exactly what you're saying. Human empathy and duty of care. And, and our, our members are, are fantastic at both. And so, you know, they can anticipate your needs on the road. They, they do things for people, again, so that I can sleep and, and make sure that I'm going to be I'm gonna be well taken care of when I'm traveling and that all the friction is taken out of this, this, uh, Listen, this the, experience. The, forget the symbolism, but I look at travel agencies, get out of jail free. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, not literally, of course, we don't hope that for anybody. But what I mean by that is, all of a sudden your flight cancels and you're in the middle of Afghanistan, you can call somebody. Right. Right. I mean, it's as simple as that. And and guess what? They already know that you're in Afghanistan and they know that your flight's been canceled and they're already rerouting you and and booking you somewhere else. The people who do it on their own. I like what you say. The the Internet is for looking, but travel advisors are for booking. Well, you said it that way. I didn't say it that way. (laughs) No, listen, I totally encourage everybody to research online. You should. But when it comes time to actually book a flight, have a conversation for another reason. And that's just not just a conversation. It's that the inventory that your advisors are looking at on their screen is not the inventory that I'm looking at on my screen. Yeah. It's really as simple as that. Yeah, our, our advisors do have access to, to different tools and to different 
sometimes different pricing than, than you're seeing as well as a consumer. And, you know, I go back to, and, and there, there is a time, I go back, and you may remember this, I, I did a piece years ago, I mean, 30 years ago, I did a piece on Good Morning America when I was the correspondent there about biased computer systems on the desks of travel agents and how you weren't always going to get the best deal by going through a travel agent. And every travel agent hated me for that. Mm. But it was a fact. And, and you know, the airline, people don't realize this. The airlines and their relationship with travel agents goes back to the idea that they really were creating a welfare state. That's what you guys were mm. in those days. They gave you a computer they, for free. Uh, I'll put free in quotes. Mm. And then you had to you had to book so many flights on that computer or you didn't get the computer. So it was already biased. They didn't pay your benefits. They didn't pay your health. They didn't pay any welfare. They just paid you a commission. And the idea was, okay, well, if you sold more tickets on American than you did on United, American would give you an override. Mm. Well, those days are over. You know that. I know that. I, I'm, I like to think I was part of those days being over. Mm. But for a long time, a lot of travel agents didn't like me until I explained to them, you were part of a welfare state that didn't benefit even you. Mm. Now, travel agents have ex- have expanded. They're specializing. It's not just the mom and pop agency that's going to send me on a cruise and send your kid to college. And, no, they specialize in everything, right? In in, in um, you know in barge travel and bicycle travel and in, in specific regions of the world. And so, I will tell you, Zane, I don't have one travel agent. I have five. That's exactly right, Peter. I mean, you know, I don't know who to trust in Kenya. I don't know who to trust in Tanzania. I don't even know who to trust in, on the Amalfi Coast in, in Italy. But travel advisors who've been there 10, 12, 15 times, they know who to trust. They know how to help you get the best value for your dollar and to make sure that, you're, again, your experience is maximized. The GDS, the, basically the general distribution system or the global distribution system of how airline tickets get sold, right? Every travel agent has access to that on whatever computer system they're using. But the question is, who's loading the information into it and who has access to it in terms of a much bigger opportunity? And the airlines these days have gotten, with every plane full, with airfares at historic highs, um, with no seats available, with a frequent flyer program that borders on a clinical definition of fraud, Hmm. airlines today are more in control of setting prices than ever before. It's no longer a competitive situation because the plane's already full. It actually gets into areas of at least you could make the argument of some price fixing, but we'll get to that later. The real question is, what prices are available to people now? And something crazy is going on, at least with one airline right now, where they've pulled out something like 40% of their fares from that GDS, making them no longer accessible to me, to your agents. What is going on? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to step back a little bit and look that, you know, the Department of Justice over the last, you know, decade and a half has, has you know, okayed mergers between Northwest and Delta Airlines, between American and U.S. Airways, and, and United and Continental. So we used to have six large airlines, and now we just have three large airlines, and it's joined by Southwest. So the big four airlines in the United States account for over 80% of the capacity that's in the air. When you have that sort of situation of, of, of oligopoly... You've got pricing control. Well, you do. And, and here's the other thing is they've gotten really, I would I just would say really clever about sort of staking out their hubs and, and not competing that much with each other anymore. If you look at America, it's a gentleman's it, agreement. It, it, I mean, I, I, it, it looks it that way from the outside. It, it looks that way from the outside. And I'll tell you that American Airlines, they have over 80% of the flights that go in and out, in and out of uh, uh, Dallas. They have over 90% of the flights that go in and out of Charlotte. And they have, uh, you know, over 50% of the flights that go out of Philadelphia, Washington, and Miami. 
So they, they have an extraordinary power, monopoly power as by the Department of Justice's uh, you know, definition in those markets. They can set the prices where they want. And they're not being challenged by other airlines, particularly those other uh, you know, large airlines, uh, to, to, to sort of uh, keep, the, keep fares down. So to your point, prices are extraordinary. The other thing is that they've disaggregated the actual airline seat. You don't buy an airline seat anymore, Peter. You, you buy an airline experience. And then if you well, buy the airline hold on, experience hold on first, right there. then if you get to choose a seat. If it's about buying the airline experience, count me out. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Can I give you a comparison? Yeah. All right. The other day I had to fly from Nashville to Orlando. Now, I could have flown American through Charlotte. I could have flown Delta through Atlanta. I could have flown United through Houston if I wanted to back around. The airfares on all three of those airlines were about $430, okay? I could have also flown on a nonstop flight on Spirit. From Nashville to Orlando, what was my airfare? $67. Now, throw in the bag charge. Let's just say I'm going, to, I'm going to check two bags. I'm going to go wild. Hmm. I'm now at $167 because they charge $50 a bag, right? So now I'm at $167 versus $420 or $430. That's a $260 price differential for what? To earn miles I can't redeem? To, buy, to get a free Biscoff cookie that I can go to any store and buy a whole you know, carton of, hmm. right? So somebody has to tell me what the unique selling proposition is to fly the legacy carriers when the prices are out of control and you talk about an airline experience zane let's be honest i fly on most airlines actually i take that back i fly on all airlines Mm. to go from point a to point b and not die are you with me that's it (laughs) right i'm not there for the food let's be honest airline food's an oxymoron I'm not there for the wine list. I'm not there for the Broadway show tunes. Show tunes the flight attendants are not going to be singing on board. I'm there just to get somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And yes, the seats on Spirit don't recline. It wasn't that long a flight. Um, you know, you have to pay for everything short of breathing if you want to do that. I get that. But we got sucked in to the idea that we were flying on a much more luxurious experience on other airlines where they packed in 180 seats on a Boeing 737 MAX. You need orthopedic surgeons to get off that plane. <laughs> so someone has to tell me, yeah. what's the, why am I still flying the legacy carriers when, you, when I have that, that, that price differential and not a great experience? Well, it's, it, and, and I think you, we answered it right. It's because you have to. I mean, I'm glad you had an option here with Spirit Airlines, but, you know, in a lot of markets, these airlines have, they've developed, they've developed sort of monopoly power and, and, and they're, they're, they're enjoying the pricing advantage of that. American Airlines pulling 40% of their fares from the GDS, Mm -hmm. meaning 40% fewer opportunities for you to negotiate, 40% fewer opportunities for you to get a better fare. And, you know, that in sort of trapping you, if you want to buy American, you have to buy a very few, fewer selected opportunities. So what do you guys doing about that? Well, your company, like your company owes you a duty of care, right? CBS owes you a duty of care. And what that means is they want, they, they negotiate prices on behalf of the entire company and they go through these, these corporate booking tools so they know where you guys are on the road and they can help you if, if something happens. That's managed corporate travel. That's managed corporate travel. And so what, what American Airlines has done is they pulled these 40% of these fares out of managed corporate travel and have put them on their own website. So they're saying to CBS, hey, listen, if you want to know where Peter Greenberg is, you're either going to get a good price on, on AA com, or if you go through the managed program, managed travel program that you're used to booking, you're going to pay 100 percent more. 
So it, it, it's gotten a, a little bit out of hand here. We went to American Airlines and told them to please slow this down, to wait for the technology partners to catch up so that, you know, again, the, the vast majority of people who, who use these tools can, can benefit from them. But unfortunately, they, they just told us no, and, and they, they were good to their word. On April 3rd, they started removing fares at an extraordinary rate, and it's really, really, it's biased. You know, corporate travelers, a corporation is going to pay a lot more for travel moving forward until, again, uh, probably toward the end of the year or maybe even the next year when these corporate tools pick uh, okay, uh, sort of and catch what's going to stop, for those people who like to book online, what's going to stop airlines like American from pulling the same deal with the OTAs, with the Expedias, the Travelocities, the Orbitzes, the Kayaks, right? And to say, if you want the fare, you got to go to AA.com because they're already getting the loads on the plane. They don't necessarily have to be competitive anymore. Yeah, the interesting part of this is that they have offered these lower fares through the OTAs for now. But for now. For now. It's it's going to be really interesting to watch. We have actually told the Department of Transportation they should look at this. We told the Department of Justice the same thing, Peter, because we feel it's an anti-competitive behavior. If you have you know enormous market share, monopolistic market share in in you know large you know uh, business hubs in the United States, and you're using that power to to squeeze corporate customers there and not allow and not allow their companies to take care of them, this I think this is a really important point. Uh, you know, after 9/11, one, uh, you know a, a very prominent CEO pulled pulled his his corporate travel manager into his office he said do we know where all of our people are and she said we know the ones who booked through the corporate tool the others we have no idea so that that's just it you know it's important for your company to know where you are so they can help you and and that's what's being compromised right here they're, they're making companies choose between duty of care and price and beyond just corporate travel for the moment they've set the precedent now yeah. they set a precedent for doing it for all of our travel right yeah i mean there goes the conversation again they don't want to have one that's the problem. And, you know, look, I saw what happened with Delta Airlines and their frequent flyer program where they wanted to, to charge me. You're not going to guess this, but I'm going to let you guess it, right? Then I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You ready? <laughs> How many miles do they want for me to redeem for one business class round trip ticket between Atlanta and Santiago in Chile? One ticket. 75,000, 50,000. Oh, Zane, you're not going to the showdown, showcase showdown. No. <laughs> they wanted 749,000 miles. Stop. Yeah. Wow. I held it up on television. And when I asked Delta Airlines why they would do that, they gave me a three-word answer in a very sort of like confident way. You know what the three-word answer is? Because we can. Oh. Because with every plane being full, they don't want to displace a revenue passenger. I get that. But to charge me 749,000 miles for one ticket, let me do the math. 54% of all mileage earned is earned on the ground. So for a 25,000-mile award ticket, that means you would have spent the equivalent of $14,000 to get that free ticket free, not counting the 11,000 miles you flew to get it up to 25,000. Let's do the same metric on the 749,000. That means I would have spent $420,000 for one ticket from Atlanta to Santiago. For $420,000, Zane, I could have taken you and the entire executive board of ASTA, chartered five G5s, <laughs> Right? So is this upside down or what? And, and for the answer they gave me, because we can, mm. we are in deep trouble right now. 
Well, it goes to I, it goes back to the what we talked about earlier, which is is competition, and and I think that it's really incumbent incumbent upon uh, the regulators in Washington to ensure that that competition is is reintroduced into the airline system. Because to your point, I mean, they, they're but isn't you know, it ironic these, yeah. that deregulation was started to increase competition when in fact it's done just the opposite. Yeah, and this this, this latest uh, you know tactic from American Airlines. Imagine if you could just uh, you know if if I if Apple just held the iPhone price at Walmart at $1,000 and sold the iPhone online at 500 Like, what would that do to the relationship, right? Everyone would rush to Apple and then eschew Walmart. Well, Walmart can actually fight back because they have market power. But, you know, these other companies can't at the airlines. My thanks to Zane. During the pandemic, many travel advisors worked without any compensation whatsoever to get refunds for their clients. And many, in fact, lost money in terms of commissions they never got. Then, there's the thorny subject of the lack of transparency with so many airline frequent flyer programs. Jackie Friedman, president of Nexion Travel Group, has a frontline report. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jackie, welcome. Thanks for having me, Peter. You know... We live in interesting times. Earlier in the show, we were talking to your chairman, Zane Kirby, about the dynamic that's out there now between the suppliers and the agents Mm -hmm. and how little we seem to have a memory of history because it affects the consumer directly. Uh, If you take 40% of your inventory out of of the global distribution system and force people to go just to your website, you're not giving anybody a competitive opportunity to find a decent fare, number one. And number two, people don't have choice anymore. What is going on? You know, I really see the industry taking a little bit of a step backwards. Uh, Not only in terms of the ability to shop, find the best services for your customer, but it goes beyond that because uh, any of the post-booking work that has to be done on that reservation is lost once the booking has been taken over. So schedule changes, helping travelers out when something may go wrong with the flight because you lose control of that particular flight. Look, the whole idea behind me using a travel agent, and I talk about this all the time, I, 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 let, I tell everybody, I have no problem with the internet as long as you use it to research. I have a problem with the internet if you actually book on it, unless you're doing a $59 ticket on Southwest Airlines between Chicago, Midway, and LaGuardia for the rest of your life, that becomes a commodity. But if you have any kind of interesting itinerary or any sort of complicated ideas or questions you need answered, it ain't going to happen on the online travel agencies. I know this, anybody who's ever booked it knows it, and the way they know it 
is when things go wrong because there's nobody to call. And the one thing that turned the perception of travel agencies around by the public was the pandemic because when the you-know-what hit the fan and people couldn't get refunds and people couldn't get booked and people couldn't go anywhere, if they hadn't booked with a travel agency, they had nowhere to go. They had nobody to call. In fact, most of them never got their money back. Um, the travel agents worked without pay because um, remember, you're commissioned. So if you get them a refund, you lose your commission in the process. So you guys were working without remuneration be it, as advocates for your clients. If they take that relationship away from you, right, which means, by the way, they're taking it away from me, right, then whether or not I use a travel agent or not, I'm now a slave to a, an airline website or a hotel website or a cruise ship website, no matter who the provider is, where I have nobody to talk to, number one, and no plan B. Yeah. If you, you, you know, taking it a step further, when you see delayed flights and you're at the airport, if you don't have a travel advisor to call to help reaccommodate you, you're getting at the back of that long, long line. And by the way, by the time you get to the front of that long, long line, your options have gone. expired. Absolutely. So where do we go from here? I think... We are educating consumers. One of the things we've seen since the pandemic is an increased awareness of the value of working with a travel advisor for the very things that you talked about. Uh, having that person in your corner championing you. You know, during the pandemic, not only were they working for no money, in many cases they were giving back money they had already earned. So they were in a situation of a negative impact. But what we've seen since then and what I uh, spoke to our network of advisors about during that is that the investment that they were making at that time was the best investment they were making in the future of their business because clients remembered. They remembered that their advisor was there for them. They remembered that their advisor sat on hold for hours and hours trying to get them the refund. And by the way, they were getting on hold for hours and hours on the special numbers that they had, not Correct. the ridiculous numbers that we have that were on hold for days. Absolutely. And it was difficult. It was definitely difficult for them. But what we're seeing now is a couple of things. Number one, not only are these clients coming back to their travel advisors booking more with their travel advisors, staying longer and taking more trips, but they are also referring others. Secondly, we are seeing some of these uh, travelers that realized that travel advisors are still out there, that it's a viable career. And so what we're seeing is a lot of these consumers are actually looking at training and becoming a travel advisor. So it's really an interesting dynamic. But it's happening at the very time that it appears that you're operating across purposes with the very people who are providing the travel. Right. right? So we've seen what just happened with America. By the way, that's just one airline. Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting there in the sales department of United Airlines or Delta, right, or even you know some of the low fare carriers, and I'm looking at this... To, we're all waiting to see what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? Because if this, by the way, American Airlines not only, you know, changed, took 40% of the inventory out, they're basically firing or, or basically ending the relationships with 70% of their own sales force. Right. So, you know, I, I, it just gets me angry when people steer me. If I'm being steered to a website, that bothers me because I don't have any other options. Right. Because I don't have a chance for what? A conversation. And on this show, everybody who listens to this show knows I'm the biggest proponent of the C word, conversation. And if you can't have that conversation, you're a victim waiting to happen. 
Absolutely. At our parent company, we had a campaign called Book Human. And it's really all about that, the value of those conversations, the value of relying on the knowledge of working with a travel advisor, uh, not only to book your trip, but to uh, handle it every step of the way, pre-travel, during travel, and even post-travel. All right, so let me ask the elephant in the room question. Okay. Here's American Airlines taking 40% of their inventory out of the GDS, meaning the global distribution system, and basically forcing people to go to the website, including you, Mm -hmm. right? What is to prevent you... And all the other travel agents by saying, okay, you know what? We're not going to work with American Airlines anymore. We're going we're gonna to take our business over to United or Delta. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it, it definitely starts with what the client wants. But when given a choice, a lot of clients are looking at making those choices because the problem is, is let's say you're a corporate customer. Your company is used to the services that your travel advisor provides. And right now, some of the uh, mid-office systems, back-office systems associated with booking an airline ticket are not ready for an NDC booking, or w- which is what new distribution capability, which is what we're talking about. So some of these companies are having to make a choice. They either stay uh, with the regular content that is available in the GDS, which results in a higher fare. Well, you just said it, higher fare. Higher fare. Or uh, they can move to... Uh, this new distribution capability platform, but they realize they're giving up some of the services, at least for now, because uh, you know some of these other systems aren't ready. All right, so now, conversely, same question, what's to prevent United and Delta from following in America's footsteps? What will prevent them is if they do see you know, more folks uh, moving business. If they see a market share shift, uh, then that tells them that you know, that could be a risk. They are watching... They're watching very closely to see uh, what the implications is. But if everyone continues uh, to, you know, stay with American Airlines, I live in Dallas. That is American Airlines. Airlines. Yes. It is American Airlines. Uh, you know, but I do think about it when I have the opportunity to fly nonstop uh, on another carrier. I definitely think about it and, uh, and do so. Of course, this raises the other issue of the actual... Um, transparency, if you will, or honesty of the airline frequent flyer programs. Because if every plane is full and there are literally trillions, I'm not exaggerating this, of unredeemed miles that people can't ever redeem, the question then becomes, are the airlines participating in a clinical definition of fraud by, by inducing you to join programs for which they have no intention of redeeming the miles that you've earned? You know, it's a great question. Uh, By the way, it's a slam dunk question. It's a slam dunk question. I mean, I have millions of miles sitting there. Uh, when I do try and redeem them, I have been able to. But uh, yeah, on a Wednesday, year, on a Wednesday at midnight to Des Moines, or six hundred thousand miles uh, to go to Dublin and back. Oh, listen, I got you beat. I actually held this up. Do you know what Delta Airlines wanted me to redeem? The amount of miles they wanted for a, for a round trip, one ticket, Atlanta to Santiago in Chile. 749,000 miles. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is nuts. And they're allowed to do it because under deregulation, there's nobody watching the store. They can change the rules every hour. And by the way, I think they do. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a challenge. They realize that they have a liability on their books with all of these unused models. But it's, a, it's an unrealistic liability yeah. because there's nobody calling it in. Because they, they can't use them. They can't use them. So it's a sister on the books, but it means nothing because they're controlling the redemption. There's nobody saying you got to do it. If you had to do it, that would be a real liability. It's a fictitious liability. Aren't we glad we're in this business? I love being in this business. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's interesting. I love to travel. My least favorite part is the flying to get there. Once well, I'm there, love it. My thanks to Jackie. And now, even Peck expands on the law of supply and demand. Fewer airlines and fewer choices translates into surging ticket prices. Peck also talks about fixing the airline frequent flyer programs to force the airlines to keep the promises they once made to travelers when they signed them up for the programs. The vice president of ASTA, Evan Peck. Of course, your title indicates what we're going to talk about because you're the executive vice president of advocacy. I am. Uh, you're busy these days. Indeed. Uh, you know, earlier in the show, we, 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 we talked to, uh, to Zane Kirby, your chairman, about what's going on in the, in the brave new world of pricing and the brave new world of access to fares in the brave new world of how this actually impacts consumers when their choices get diminished. Um, so there was a time, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a time when airlines were updating their fares in their own systems about 200,000 times a day. Right. Um, and whether you, whether you went online to do your own research or went through a travel agent, uh, if, you, if, you, if you did the right work, you could actually get some decent fares. Mm-hmm. Now what's happening is the airlines are restricting that opportunity for the public. Mm-hmm. They're doing it only internally. At least some of the airlines are doing that, yep. which means your choices get diminished and, and your opportunity for a conversation to figure it out gets diminished. Right. What is going on? Well, um, first of all, it's great to be here. Um, it, it's uh, in the airline's interest, I think, to uh, make it difficult to comparison shop, right? Uh, one carrier wants you to see their fares and nobody else's. That is the valuable service that travel advisors provide, the ability to uh, compare uh, travel prices across the suppliers. So there's this constant tension uh, between uh, the desire of airlines to go in one direction and the desire of travel advisors and their clients to go in a different direction. But we're looking, we're different cycles right now because during the pandemic, the airlines were your best friends. Indeed. Because they needed you. They needed me. They needed everybody, right? They needed the government, right? At least they claimed they did. We, we worked very closely with the airlines during during COVID. Uh, we were all pushing in the same direction because right. the travel industry as a, as a whole was absolutely decimated. So uh, we wanted the federal government to uh, provide financial support, frankly, and also lift some of their draconian uh, travel restrictions. So it was it was definitely a kumbaya time. It was t- it was a difficult time, but we were working very closely with our But it was a partners. short-lived kumbaya yes, time. Yes, Because the minute travel came roaring back, and we're now looking at levels that are going to exceed 2019 in terms of passenger numbers and demand, the airlines are basically saying, you know what, we don't need consumers, we don't need travel agents, you know, just you, you're just going to buy what we tell you to buy. And airline fares are not at historic highs, but they're getting there. Yeah. Same thing with hotel rates. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the only area right now where there's still room for movement, I think, is is, is uh, cruise lines at certain areas, at certain areas of, of, of the of the market. Yeah. At the high end, those those cruises have sold out. Yeah. At the low end, those cruises have sold out. Mm-hmm. It's the mid level cruises that have to figure out how they define their brand. But in terms of pricing, um, pricing power that the airlines have right now. 
Um, I can't think of a time in recent years where they hadn't have where they haven't had more pricing power, which is not really conducive to getting me a good deal when I want to go from point A to point B. Yes, very consolidated. It's as consolidated as, it, as it's ever been. You know, JetBlue and Spirit trying to consolidate a little bit more on the on the airline side. So yes, when this happens, you have an oligopoly, right? And uh, with with each successive step of concentration, I think consumers lose a little bit more. Uh, ability to get the best deal and uh, has it's, there ever it's bad been for in the last thirty years uh, a true successful attempt at antitrust legislation antitrust movement by the Justice Department on airline mergers because I mean look you've had U.S. Air with American you had Delta with Northwest you had uh, United with Continental you're now looking at Spirit and JetBlue um, you know Alaska and Virgin America so choices for us are rapidly diminishing. Indeed. Now, to their credit, the administration's challenging the most recent uh, airline merger. But in, in a sense... My the, guess is <laughs> it's going to go through. Yeah. And, and, and you know, JetBlue might give away some, some landing slots yeah. or some gates. Uh, they might even give up the alliance with, with, with American, which they may not even think they need anymore when they're now flying to Europe on their own. Yeah. But the point is, how does... Um, here's the rhetorical question of the day, Evan. Yes. How does that benefit me? Well, I guess the, the, well, the, the proof will be in the pudding. Uh, probably won't benefit you. Um, uh, so you I know. should forget the pudding. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we view it as our role to uh, educate not just government officials, but folks within the industry about why uh, it's in their interest to work with the Travel Agency Channel and uh, how we can bring them good, uh, loyal customers and that they should be a little more flexible with, with uh, Travel Agency clients and... You know, to your point about con- uh, consolidation, I mean, in a sense, the horse is already out of the barn. Uh, you know, the administration is challenging the most recent merger activity, but and it, it may very well go through. Um, but we're, we're in a pretty perilous position right now from a consumer standpoint. The bottom line is you're confronting this now. Yes. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. Right. How do, what, you know, for the people listening to my show who are not travel agents, but who may want to use one, mm-hmm. for the, and they certainly want to go somewhere, otherwise they wouldn't be listening to the show. What are their options now when 40%, we're just talking American Airlines now, of what was in the inventory in terms of pricing has been pulled out from your access to it? Yeah. And are we all going to end up on the American Airlines website with one choice, go or not go, yeah. pay or not pay? Yeah, that is the goal, I think, of American in this whole push. But I will say our members are resilient and they have faced challenges before. And And I think that they will find a way to serve their clients and the tech providers will eventually catch up. But it's just a very unfortunate situation right now where American is forcing the entire industry value chain to use a certain technology, use certain pipes. That's not a good thing, especially for corporate Well, let's talk about that, for example, because, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, where did business travel go? Is it coming back? And my argument all along was, if it's intra-company business, like I'm in the parts department, I want to talk to the sales department. Okay, that may be a Zoom call going forward. But if I'm in the sales department, I want to go see our clients. And I know that company B, my competitor, is out there on the road. I'm going. So we know they're coming back, at least in terms of that. Meetings and conventions coming back. You're at a convention right now where I am Mm -hmm. right now in San Juan. Mm -hmm. You You have a very large turnout. It's coming back. So why doesn't one of the big corporate buyers, one of the Fortune 500 companies, confronted now with this 
hit on their ability to be competitive and seeking good prices for at least one airline, say to that airline, we're moving our business to another airline, right? Wouldn't that be a normal, obvious choice? It would. It just depends on where you're located. That carrier that we're talking about is very strong in certain markets. So That carrier uh, that we're talking about is American Airlines. That's correct. <laughs> For the corporate client, it really depends on where, where you're located. Some are truly captive to American, and so they don't have a lot of options. So that's why this is a very unfortunate situation, and we're trying to rectify it as quickly as we can. You know, it'll be interesting to see what the other competitive airlines do, right? United, Delta, to a lesser extent, Southwest, although they're they're trying to get business travel now, too. Indeed. And then it gets down to just the pricing problem proposition of what is the benefit to me for paying a higher fare on an airline where I'm getting nothing in return. Right. It's interesting what people value on a flight. And I make this joke all the time, but when I make the joke, it's amazing how many of our listeners respond in a very intense way. What do I, on a Delta Airlines flight, don't laugh, what do I actually look forward to? That stupid Biscoff cookie. Ah, there you go. Right? Yeah. Now, if the price differential between a Delta flight and a Frontier flight, or a Delta flight and a Spirit flight, or even a Delta flight and a Southwest Airlines flight is $260. Yeah. How much did that Biscoff cookie cost me? That's right. I mean, I <laughs> could take that two hundred and sixty dollars yeah. and go to a store. I could I go to, to to you know Amazon and buy five cases. <laughs> That's right. Cases. I could get box loads, yeah. right? Ra- railroad car loads of Biscoff cookies for two hundred and sixty dollars, mm-hmm. and yet we've been so addicted to the frequent flyer programs. We've been so addicted to brand loyalty because of perceived value. Yeah. But what happens if the value goes away? Yeah. What's keeping me there? And it has been going away, right? I mean, I had a friend who was uh, traveling in, in Australia, and he said it was like flying in the 1980s, you know, like full meals and whatnot, whereas it, it feels like the service levels have gone in one direction over the past, you know, 10, 20 years here. And that's, but that, Evan, that's you're not down. telling me you're on the plane for the food. Please don't tell me that. <laughs> no, no, sir. Just the cookies. That's pretty sad. <laughs> I was there, too, until I started figuring out how much the cookies were costing me. Yeah. Because I'm earning miles that I can't redeem. I'm paying a huge differential in price. They're cramming. I was on a Delta Airlines flight coming down here on a 737 Max, on a, right, a 737 with 180 passengers on a 737. That was not a comfortable flight. No. And I got miles that I can't redeem. <laughs> Right. Yep. So, boy, do I feel proud. Mm-hmm. Boy, am I excited to be to be loyal. Right. So, what? Since you are the the vice president of advocacy, Mister Advocate. Yep. Where are you advocating for people to start legislating, or at least getting Congress or some governing agency in the world of deregulation to take a hard look at what constitutes, in many many would argue, a legal definition of fraud when it comes to the frequent flyer programs. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, I mean, at the moment, we're focused on this American uh, NDC uh, aspect. NDC stands for? New distribution capability. Thank you. Um, there's also there's some things that Congress can do around the edges, really. Uh, it's going to be a really challenging to address this, uh, this issue head on. Uh, but you know how you get Congress's attention? Here's they how you they do fly it. a lot, I should say. Well, they, they, no, they're you, get co- you want bipartisan support in Congress? Yes. Cancel their flights, right? <laughs> That's, That's right. what you saw happen with the Southwest debacle. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, everybody's having hearings, yes. right? Okay, bring up to their attention that they're all sitting on mileage that is useless. Yeah. Every one of them has a frequent flyer account. Mm-hmm. There are nearly as many frequent flyer accounts in this country as there are people in this country, which means people are members of more than one, yeah. right? But if they're all useless, at what point does somebody connect the dots and go, can we talk about this? Yeah. So I'm giving you, the, I'm giving you a green light, Evan. <laughs> let, let loose. Well, why not? Well, this is a well-timed conversation because Congress is going to be reauthorizing federal aviation programs this year. 
the, the current five-year bill expires at the end of September. And so there's a lot of members of Congress who feel the same way that you do, who are licking their chops at the opportunity to uh, address some of these airline issues. And we haven't seen the bills come out just yet, but uh, it's a very good uh, possibility that they'll address the issue you're talking about and other consumer protections. And we hope uh, not in a way that negatively impacts travel advisors. My thanks to Eva, to Zane Kirby, and then to Jackie Friedman. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, and there sure is a lot of it, just log on to petergreenberg.com. The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.